Well, we're in our fourth week of our series called Get Smart. Everybody say Get Smart. And uh, I actually had um, intentions of ending this series this week, but based off of the, uh, the demand of what I'm going to be talking about, there was way too much to share with you in one week. So I'm actually going to make it a two-part message. We'll, we'll begin talking about it today, and then we'll finish this up next Sunday, and that should be the last week. But before I tell you what I'm going to talk about today... The whole idea behind this Get Smart series is that we're discussing some areas of our lives that seem to cause us the most stress and frustration, uh, finances, relationships, and then the one we're talking about today. And and then we're looking at what the Bible says about those areas, and we're learning how to apply wisdom from the Bible so that we can get smart in those areas and eliminate the stress, eliminate the frustration, and actually prosper and be successful in those areas. And today is one that I would say has caused me the most stress and frustration in my life. And today's topic, we're talking about parenting. All of this gray, which my wife tells me, I tell her all the time, I said, man, Look, my hair's starting to look gray. And she's like, it's beyond just looking gray. It's it's like full-blown gray. And I I know that this gray hair is is caused by parenting. Just to give you a little bit of um, background about me, I've been a parent now for almost 18 years. Matter of fact, in a couple more months, my oldest will be 18 years old. So I've had 18 years' experience at being a parent. And I know some of you have had a lot more uh, years' experience of being a parent than I have. But I also understand that not everyone in this room is a parent. And you may be quick to check out and be like, well, this isn't for me. But before you say that, there's a good chance that the majority of you who are not parents right now, one day will be parents. And even though that there are some that that still may never be parents, there's a good chance you know some parents. I'll let you think about that one for a minute. Even if it's not your parents, there's a good chance that some of your friends are parents. So my point is this message is for everyone. All of us need advice on parenting. And even if you're not a parent, you can share a lot of the stuff I'm going to be sharing over the course of the next two weeks to help people in their their parenthood roles. The the other thing that I want to say this morning, and I've kind of already said it, but um, this is a two-part message that... A couple of weeks ago, I put on Facebook that I was preparing for a message on parenting, which is going to be today, and I was asking and looking for feedback from anyone really in Facebook world who would tell me their most challenging um, issues that they face in parenthood. All right, all you parents, what is the most challenging thing that you face as a parent? And oh my goodness... And I said, if you don't want to tell me publicly, you can inbox me. Because maybe not everyone wants other people to know their issue that they have in parenting. And I was overwhelmed at the response that, that you guys, and even people, in the, people that don't even go to church here, was putting that these are the challenges and the issues that they face, which tells me that this is a much-needed topic to talk about. We need help in parenting. We need, we need help, we need, we need wisdom when it comes to parenting. Because how many realize, all of you parents I'm sure, how many realize that parenthood is one of those areas that seem to cause us a lot of stress and frustration? 
I figured it would be uh, more of a, a better res- more uh, a better response than that is what I'm trying to say. That this is an area that causes me stress and frustration. People are looking for help in raising their children. People need help in raising their children. So what I want to do today. Over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to get into more practical things next week. And I'm still debating on what that's going to look like. Uh, One of the things that I want to do is take a lot of the questions that you guys were asking on parenthood, or at least the challenges that you guys had put there, and I want to address those. Like, one, two, and three. Let's just go through these, one after another. How do we do this? How do we handle this? There were several of them, like... um, uh, how do you deal with, with two parents that have different means of discipline? They, they parent differently. Um, you know, how do you deal with blended families when you know, you parent, our kids go to one house and they're able to get away with one thing when they come back to our house? The, the, it's, it's more challenging. We're more structured. I mean, there are, there are so many good uh, practical things that I want to go over, and that's what I want to get into next week. But what I want to do today... I tell you, this, this is something that I fight for. I fight for f- the value of a family. If you've ever sat, and many of you have, if you've ever sat through like pre-wedding council in my office, you know, this is one of the things I say, like I take this very seriously because God takes it very seriously. And one of the things that's wrong with our nation today is the fact that, that families aren't stable. They're not, they don't line up with the Word of God. And when the home is not stable, when it's a trickle-down effect into our society... In our culture. So I take this very seriously. So what I want to do today is I want to show you what I believe is Jesus' model for how to raise kids. Jesus had actually several interactions with children, and, and there's one of them that's actually told in a couple of different places to where he's interacting with children. And I believe that Jesus gives us three things that we need to implement in our life for raising our children. So I want you to open your Bibles to Mark chapter number 10. And we're going to read this this, um, uh, uh, event that happened when Jesus was was doing some teaching. He's walking with the disciples. And all of a sudden, some parents wanted to try to bring their kids to Jesus for Him to touch them. Many of you know this, but let's, let's read it together. Mark chapter number 10. Verse 13 through 16, it says this, Then they brought little children to him, him being Jesus, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, when he saw them rebuking the parents who were bringing their children, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter. Now, I just want to stop right there for just a a, a moment and and once again recap what's happening here. There's ministry that's taking place. Jesus has his entourage, his his disciples who are there. They're the security guys. They're, you know, crowd patrol and all these things. And, And some parents are just wanting Jesus to touch their children. And the disciples are saying, no, he doesn't have time for this. Keep them away. He's busy doing ministry right now. He's he's got some goals he's trying to accomplish. Keep the children away. They're just going to get in the way. They're just going to interfere. They're going to slow him down. He's he's on a mission. He's trying to accomplish something. And Jesus sees that. He's like, whoa, wait wait a second. Don't tell them they can't come to me. Let, Let the kids 
come to me. Do not forbid them from coming, for such is the kingdom of God. Now, I don't have time to unpack that. He's like, if we want to come to Jesus, we've got to come as a child. We've got to be innocent. We've got to have full trust in Him. But then he goes on to say this, and this is actually where, where I want to uh, teach from this morning. It says this, verse number 16. He took them in His arms, being the, the children. He took them in His arms, He laid His hands on them, and He blessed them. There are three things right here that Jesus modeled for us on how we should interact with our children. If you take notes, you can write these down. Number one, He took them in His arms. He took them in His arms. In other words, He embraced them. That's what I want you to write down. Embrace your children. Embrace your, your children. When everyone else was too busy for the children, Jesus said, let them come to me. And he embraced the children. He took them in his arm. He embraced them. Did you know that we live in a culture today that it seems like that kids are an inconvenience? They always seem to get in the way. They always seem to slow me down. They keep me from doing what I want to do. They just seem to be an inconvenience. I'm too busy. I'm trying to get this accomplished. I, I got this project I got going on. I got, I got friends that want to go play golf. I got friends that want to go fishing. I got friends that want to do this. I really don't have time for the kids. It's almost like though we wouldn't say it, the message that we're communicating is that our children are an inconvenience. I know people today, even my age, which is still crazy to me, who it seems like they're constantly pawning their children off so they can go do what they want to do. Come on, y'all's quiet with me, but I'm telling the truth. They want to go and do what they want to do, which, you know, is fine ever so often, but not on a regular basis. You should have thought about that before you had the kids. But it's like the kids are an inconvenience. You know, they're always slowing me down. I, they're preventing me from doing all the things that I wish that I could do. Just like in this story that we just read here in Mark chapter number 10, people were trying to bring their children to Jesus, but the disciples saw it as a problem. It's an inconvenience. And we're going to be here all day if these kids keep coming to Jesus. We're never going to get to go home. And besides, we've got more important things to do than be entertaining these children. And yet, when Jesus saw this, what did He do? He rebuked the disciples. What are you doing? Let those kids come to me. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them from coming to me. Don't get in their way. Let them come. I want to be involved in their life. And here's why I believe that He said that. Because Jesus knew something that He wants us to know. That if anyone is going to come to Him, if anyone is going to choose to follow Him, make a decision to be a Christian, they're going to do so as a child. The percentages of someone accepting Christ are so much greater when they're younger than when they are older. They're still impressionable. They they're still uh, have their minds open to, to things. Rather than as they're 18, 19, 20 years old, they've already gone out, they're being influenced by other people, and their minds are already set, and it's harder to embrace the gospel. So Jesus knew this. And He's like, if we're, if we're going to reach these kids, or if we're going to reach people, we've got to do it 
at an early age. Folks, we need to understand that. What that tells me is that the time is now to be investing in children. The time is now. We can't wait till we think that they're old enough to start understanding things. We've got to be pouring into their lives right now. The time is now to be investing in the younger generation. As I was thinking about this message, or preparing for this message rather, I was thinking about all the people, especially, and I know they serve all across the community, but specifically in the refuge, all the people who serve in kids' ministry. I thank God for people who serve in kids' ministry, who take away from their time of of being in service to invest in the younger generation. And that, yeah, give them a hand for doing that. And that's what they're doing. It's not child care. It's not just babysitting some kids. It's not just, hey, we'll keep an eye on them while you go and worship the Lord. No, no, no. They're pouring into those kids' lives. Because they understand, and we we try to get them to understand, that the percentage is so much greater of getting people to accept Christ while they're young than it is when when they're older. If the first time they hear about Jesus is when they walk in this room, that window of opportunity has greatly closed that we can reach them. But when they're two and three year old, four or five year old, six, seven, we can pour into their lives and and start forming them while they're so impressionable to hear and to learn about Jesus. We want to influence them while they're young, while they're still impressionable before their hearts become hard. Look at your neighbors and say, embrace your children. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 is, is probably, is probably uh, one of the most common verses that people go to uh, when they want to talk about what the Bible has to say about kids. Proverbs 22 6 says this, Train up a child the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I, I really don't want to spend a, a lot of time here because I have so much more material, but But people um, misinterpret what this verse is actually saying. This doesn't mean that if you're a Christian that your child is going to grow up and and they're going to be a Christian. It's not what this verse is saying. It's saying you train them the way that they should go. And when they're older, they'll still always remember that training. Now that doesn't mean that they're going to make the decision, but the chances are a lot higher that they will make the decision because you have given them the proper training. And I wanted them to highlight this word train because that word train is, is different than just teaching. To train actually means that you're, you're showing them, you're training, you're, you're getting in the, in the ditches with them and you're modeling for them. In other words, do as I do. Don't just do as I say. Not only am I going to say, but I'm going to get in there and I'm going to show you. I'm going to train you. I'm going to teach you and train you and mold you in how to do this. Training requires spending time with your children. All throughout the Bible, there there are so many scriptures that come to mind. uh, The Bible tells us to to train up the child right there. It talks about to to teach them the ways of the Lord while you're sitting at the table together. It talks about teaching them God's, God's decrees, God's command. It talks about correcting them and disciplining them so that they understand that there are consequences to the choices That they make, I mean, scripture after scripture, all throughout the Bible, there are teachings on ways that we should train our children. But in order to train them, we have to embrace them. We have to spend time with them. How many realize it takes time to teach them? 
and train them. And, and I'm, I know this because I am not a very patient person. When it comes, especially when it comes to trying to teach the kids. So I, I, I'm the type of person where if they haven't gotten it after like 15 seconds, I'll just, just move out of the way. Let, let dad do it. <laughs> Training takes time. And we can't teach them if we don't embrace them. We can't teach them the things that God would have us to teach them if we don't spend time with them. One of the things that, that really drives me crazy, and, and matter of fact, I, I'm sick of it, is that, that my generation and even older generations are always talking about how bad the younger generation is. Oh, they're so disrespectful. They're so lazy. They're so removed from society. They're so far removed from reality. They don't ever want to do anything but play their games. They just they have no respect for authority. And we say these things as though we had nothing to do with it. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our children. They're our grandkids. We had everything to do with it. The reason they didn't turn out like us is because we didn't take the time to invest in them like our moms and dads took the time to invest in us. We need to, under, we need to accept responsibility. It didn't happen by accident. It happened because we, we removed ourselves. We were too, too busy. They were an inconvenience. So we set them in front of a TV and let a TV babysit them. We put electronic in their hand to keep them occupied so we don't have to deal with it. That was quiet, but that's the truth. We want to go off and do whatever. We leave them at home all by themselves. And what they're doing is they're trying the best they can to figure out how to live this life without a supportive parent being involved. We've got to embrace our children. Write this down. I'll put this on the screen. I think we have a... A slide for this. What's happening in our society is a reflection of what's happening in our homes. What we see going on in our world today is a reflection of what's going on in our homes. Parenting is very difficult. It's very hard. I mean, I, I'm not going to get up here and say it's easy because it's not easy. Especially when they, first of all, it, they start getting more challenged when they get to the age when they can talk back. And then they reach uh, the age of being a teenager, which I have two teenagers now. And it's just, there's different, there's different chapters of parenthood. It's difficult. It takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time. But that's part of the responsibility of being a parent. Embrace your children. That's what Jesus did. Second thing that Jesus modeled for us in that same verse, verse number 16, not only did He take them in His arms, but He laid His hands on them. In other words, He, he touched them. Laying on of hands is a means of endorsement. Affirmation. A means of engagement. Matter of fact, that's what I want you to write down. Engage your children. Engage, your ch Engage means to get involved in their life. To get involved in their life. One of the problems that we have in our culture today is that we've got a lot of kids who have gone untouched by their parents. Moms and dads aren't involved in their lives. They don't 
have time to go to their ball games. I, I, I'm just going to get down where the rubber meets the road this morning, okay? If that's okay, if you don't like it, you're free to leave, but people are going to stare at you and they're going to know that you got issues. <laughs> but we don't have time to go to our kids' games. We don't have time to go to their, to their cheer meets. We don't have time to go to their recitals. We don't have time to go to their band concerts. We don't have time to go to their pageants. We don't have time to be involved in their lives. You know, I, I am by no means not the perfect parent. But one of the things that I strive to do is I try to always be at everything that my kids have going on. And I've missed, I've missed some games and events, uh, or events over the course of my life, but probably you could count them on one hand how many I've missed. And really the reason that I missed one was because both of them had something going on the exact same night. And I can't be in two places at once, so I picked my favorite kid to go to. <laughs> just kidding but we need to be involved in their lives sure we, we may not necessarily like what they're involved in but that's, that's their passion support them be there for them encourage them, cheer for them even if they never play it down and they stand on the sideline you're there for them to show support you're touching their lives you're, you're affirming them you're endorsing I'm so proud of you you're touching them you know, I just, I, I, my, my daughter, she, she does competitive cheer. This is her first year to do competitive cheer. She's always done competitive gymnastics. And, and coming up, I think, like the first of next year, and, and they're kind of spread out over the course of three or four months, but there are three different meets that she has. And, and uh, one's in Nashville, one's in Dallas, one's in Kansas City. And, and they involve being gone on a Sunday. And you know what? I plan on going to that. Because I want to be there for my children. I realize that I have a small window of opportunity. I'm in a season of my life. One day they're going to be grown and they're going to be out of the house. And I'll no longer be able to influence them and be there for them like I can right now. It's a project that I'm working on. I have two projects that I'm working on. I'm working on a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old. Almost 18-year-old. Not the 13-year-old, but the 17-year-old. It's a project. Those are pro your children are your projects that God wants you to work on. And it's your responsibility to engage in their lives and be involved in their lives. I want my children to know that I'm there for them. I can't tell you, and this I, I told you at the onset, this, this, this subject is very dear to me. I can see it in kids. And, and if you've missed some of your kids' games, I, I'm not here to condemn you, okay? Maybe you had justifiable reason why you couldn't be there but I can see it in kids' faces when their parents aren't there to watch them. Especially when I'm there for my kids and after the game or after the event, we're hugging them, telling them we're so proud. You can see that child who no one was there to support them. You can just read their mind. I wish I had parents like that. I wish mom and dad were involved in my life. I wish daddy would prioritize my events. I believe the message that God wants me to tell you this morning is that some of you, yet you need to start prioritizing some things in your life. Yeah, there's some things that you need to put on hold for a while. Set some stuff aside. Maybe it's, maybe it's outings with your friends. Maybe it's going fishing. Maybe it's the two hours that you're spending at the gym. To put some things on the side for just a little while and tell your friends, wait a second, I'm in a season in my life right now where I need to be there for my children. 
I'm in a season in my life right now to where I need to be laying my hands on my children and touching my children and being involved in their lives. Because I can tell you this, if you're not touching your kids, someone else is. Someone else is. Someone else is going to affirm them. Someone else is going to be there for them. I can tell you the world will... Will, will be fast to affirm your children. Clubs and gangs and alternative lifestyles that are out there that will embrace and affirm and engage your children. You need to be involved in your kids' lives. You need to be engaging them. Who is it that's touching your kids today? Who is it that's making a mark on your kids? Don't let the only time you touch your children be when you're disciplining your children. Touch them regularly. I'm not just talking about a physical touch. I'm talking about being involved in their lives. Being there for them. Who is it this morning that's affirming them and telling them how wonderful they are and how beautiful they are? Who is it this morning that your kids are are more apt to run to? Engage your children. Everybody say engage your children. Let me give you this this last point that that Jesus modeled for us in verse number 16. Not only did He take them in His arms and and lay His hands on them, but lastly it says that He blessed them. He blessed them. When you look up this word blessed in the Greek, it's it's the Greek word eulogio. I don't know if I'm saying that, that word right, but it's where we get our word eulogy. And if you've ever gone to a funeral... The eulogy is what you give. You're saying something good about the deceased. You're doing what? You're speaking well. You're praising that person who is deceased. So to bless them means to, write this down, means to encourage them. Embrace your children, engage your children, and encourage your children. When Jesus blessed the children, obviously I wasn't there, but I believe what He was doing, Pastor Jerry, He was speaking well over them. He was telling them that they were here for a purpose. He was encouraging them. He he was telling them they were going to do great things in life. You're going to grow up and you're going to do this. You're going to be successful because you're smart. You're, You're wise. You're my children. I love you. He was speaking well over them. He was encouraging them. When was the last time that you spoke well over your children? Mom, dad, when when was the last time that you spoke well over your children? When was the last time that you told them how beautiful that they were? How handsome, how good looking that they were? When was the last time that you told them how smart they were? Yeah, maybe they're not making the best grades, but you're encouraging them. Hey, listen, you're smarter than that. You're you're a smart kid. I know you are. You can do this. I know fifth grade is challenging, but you're going to do this. When was the last time that you encouraged them? When was the last time that you spoke over them and said, you're going to do great things in your life? You're going to go places. Last time you said, you can do this. You've got this. You know, I, I know I'm harping on this point, but we, we are so quick to speak negative things over our kids. I've been guilty of it because it goes back to that being impatient thing. 
We're, we're quick to say things like, man, you're terrible. This is not your sport. You stink. You need to find something different to do. I, I know that, that we need to be honest from time to time, but there's ways that we can do that. Maybe it's like, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't your sport. Maybe you should try something. We don't have to say you're terrible. But, but where the problem lies is when we start saying, them, you're just like your daddy. And we run down their dad, who is our ex, in front of our children. Now, I have never been divorced. I never plan on being divorced. And if you've been divorced, that's my point is I'm, we're not condemning you by no means, okay? But there's ways that you can handle, especially if there are children involved, how you talk about your ex-spouse. Because after all, that is your child's father. That is your child's mother. You may not have the best of relationships, but you don't have to speak badly of them in front of your children. After all, you, you thought they were somebody when, when you laid down with them and, and had a child. <laughs> I didn't have to say that, but at, there was a time, there was a time when you thought very highly of their father, of their mother. Kids don't need that. We need to encourage. My point is we need to encourage our kids. Encourage them. Build them up. Speak life over them. The Bible tells us there's life and death or in the power of a tongue. In our words that we say, watch what you say. Speak life. I have hurt my kids. I know this. and I, This is very real. I've hurt my kids with some of the words that I've said. I didn't mean it, but just the impatient, hot-tempered, mad, hot at the time. I've said things that I've regretted. And it breaks my heart. There's been times when, when my wife's told me, it, you know, she's pulled me aside, not necessarily pulled me aside, but when we're in bed at night, she's like, you know, um, you really hurt his feelings today. Or you really hurt her feelings. He thinks that you're not proud of him. Or he thinks that, you know, he's a failure. And I've had to go apologize and have very difficult talks with both of my kids. I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. It's not what I meant. And guys, it's hard. Parenting is hard. But it doesn't mean that we just give up and just go and do it however that we want. That, that means that we've got to press into God's Word and pray and ask God for wisdom. God, help me raise my child the way that you want him to be raised. God, help me to pour into... One of, one of the, my most stressful things in life is making sure that I have done my part as a father. Because I realize that the window is fastly closing that my children get to be with me. And I know one day, very soon, hopefully for my almost 18-year-old, but one day very soon, I, did, I don't mean that. I hope he's there for at least four more years as long as he's going to college locally and chipping in and helping with rent and things like that. <laughs> but but one, of, one of my big stresses is like here in just a few, a few short years, they're going to be out on their own. And some of you are already there. You know that. You, you're, you're already facing what I'm fearing. Did I do enough? Did I teach them what God wanted me to teach them? Did I teach them, most importantly, what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus? Did I model that for them? Because I'm telling you, you can say all you want, but if you're not modeling it, they're missing it. 
modeling is the greatest form of teaching. Show them what it's like to be a godly man. Show them what it's like to be a godly woman. I can tell you this as well. This is good marital advice. The greatest thing that you can do for your children is to love their mom. To love your spouse. But begin speaking life over them. Begin speaking words of encouragement. Spend time with them. Parent the way that Jesus modeled. Embrace them. Engage them. Encourage them. This is the responsibility that we've been given as parents. And one of the greatest investments that you can ever make is in your children. You talk about legacy. I know that's the name of our men's ministry is legacy. One of the greatest legacies that I could leave is is having godly kids and my kids knowing the ways of the Lord. And I'm thankful. I I am so proud of my children. I have some very good kids. And I don't say that. Well, yeah, I do say that boastfully. I'm proud of my kids. And I'm not a perfect parent. And next week, we're going to get into some things about how to to practically, you know, how to practical ways to teach them and, and things that we should help correct in them and how, how we discipline and things like that because it's very practical stuff. And many times we're passive and we leave that up to someone else and we hope that the teachers at school will do what we should be doing as parents. We hope that the kids workers in children's church will do what we should be doing as parents. But I'm here to tell you, it's, it's you, mom and dad, it's your responsibility to teach your kids. So in closing this morning, for for those of you with children that are still at home, I want to challenge you to invest in them now. Invest in them now. I would even say go home and sit down and clear your agenda. Say, I'm going to start investing more in my kids. I'm going to start spending more time with my kids. Because I can tell you, and I... You know, 12 years ago, I didn't think this was reality. It seemed so far away. But now with kids that are 13 and 18, you're going to wake up one day and they're going to be gone. Just like that. And the saying is so true. The older you get, the faster time goes by. And I can tell you, when your youngest child starts school, it seems like the, the clock just goes, it just flies by. It just seems like I had a meltdown the other day. I'm just going to admit it. You know, my son's a senior this year. I'm just, I'm just being transparent. My son's a senior this year. And for the longest, it really didn't, I didn't really think much about it. Yeah, he's a senior. Yeah, cool. But we got his cap and gown pictures back the other day. And when I saw those pictures of the cap and gown, immediately my mind went back to the cap and gown pictures when he was in kindergarten. And I was like, oh, my word. So fast. So fast. Invest in your children. For those of you who still have young kids at home, invest in your kids. Spend time with your kids. Take trips with your kids. Make memories with your kids. For those of you this morning whose children are grown and and you didn't invest in them like you should have, you weren't there for them, you weren't involved in their lives, I would challenge you, your children are still alive and still around to apologize to them. Say, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you the way that I should be. I'm sorry I didn't didn't raise you the right way. I'm sorry I, I wasn't a good dad to you. I realize that the situation that you're in is partly my fault because I didn't model a good life for you. 
But I want you to know, starting today, that you're not in this fight alone. Dad's here with you. I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to give you advice. I'm going to help you. I want you to bow your heads with me for just a moment and close your eyes. Father, I thank you so much this morning, God, for the biblical advice that we get from the Word of God on many areas, but specifically today on how to parent our children. God, I'm thankful that we have the model of Jesus, of how when no one else had time for the kids, and to everyone else the children were an inconvenience, that you stopped and rebuked the disciples and you said, let the children come to me. I want to be involved in their life. Let me embrace them. Let me engage them. Let me encourage them. Let me bless them. Let me speak well of them. God, I thank you for that model. And my prayer is today, God, as we're talking about this very difficult topic, how to parent our children, God, that you would give us a renewed outlook on our kids. God, the book of Psalms, I believe, tells us that children are a gift from the Lord. That you have given us a gift. Not an inconvenience. A gift. And it comes from you. And it's a special gift. Lord, that, that word gift, I looked it up this week. God, it means an, an heirloom. It's something very important that you handed down and you entrusted to us to raise. It's almost your way of saying, this is very special to me. Take care of it. Take care of it. God, I pray that we would be the parents that you've called us to be. Lord, I pray right now for those who still have young children at home. God, that they would realize that their window of opportunity to invest in those kids is fastly closing. And that they would make every opportunity and take advantage of so many minutes throughout the day to invest in their children. To just sit and visit with them. To, to go out and play ball. To play catch. Whatever that is that, that their children are asking them to do. God, that they would do that and invest in their lives. Lord, I pray for, for parents who their children have already grown and maybe, maybe they didn't parent the way that we talked about today. Lord, I pray that first and foremost, God, that they would repent to you for not raising their children the way that they should have been raised. And they would get in touch with their kids, Father Lord, and they would do their part to apologize to them and say, I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you like I should have been, but I'm here for you now. And anything that you're going through that's partly my fault, I want to take responsibility and I want to help you. I want to fight through this with you. God, I pray for even those who aren't parents and maybe never will be parents. God, I pray that they would have the wisdom that we've learned today and that they would be able to help other people who are parenting their kids. Lord, that they would be able to help speak wisdom and, and wise advice that we've learned today into their children. Thank you, Lord, for family. Thank you, Lord, for family. Thank you for children. We love you and we commit our children to you today. Help us to commit our lives to you to be the best parents that we can possibly be in Jesus' name.